There appears to be rifts emerging among top Israeli officials over the handling of the war against Hamas. CBS News correspondent Chris Libsey joins us from Tel Aviv. Chris, always good to talk with you. Tell us about these disagreements between whom and over what? Right. Well, the uh, the, the disagreement in question here uh, comes from, well, between uh, Netanyahu and a war cabinet minister named Gadi Eisenkot. Uh, it, he's a very uh, specific, uh, you know, his story is very profound because he actually lost his son, who is a soldier in the IDF, fighting in Gaza right now. So they carry a lot of weight. He called into question Netanyahu's talk of complete victory over the terror group, saying that it was unrealistic. And he even suggested that new elections should be held uh, within months to restore public trust in the government following the October 7 Hamas massacre. Because keep in mind, who was in control of Israel when that happened? This happened on Benjamin Netanyahu's watch, who had always touted security as being his primary platform, yet the biggest security failure in the history of the Israeli state happened on his watch. So he's really feeling the pressure now from multiple angles, because you also have routinely protests taking place in Tel Aviv. Uh, Just last night, you had mothers of hostages who were blocking traffic. In fact, some of them, along with other protesters, were arrested for the public disruption. These are the lengths people are going to right now to call Netanyahu's primary policy, his conduct of the war, into question. And they stand to lose more than anyone. If this is how they feel about his policy on the war, then it's it suggests that his days could be numbered if the cabinet is now starting to question it as well. He only has a mandate to serve because of this war, but that also calls into questions his motives for wanting to prolong the war, or if he wants to prolong the war. Chris, is there a pathway to freeing the hostages other than a full ceasefire? Well, the government argues that they're trying to rescue the hostages, but they so far have not been able to produce a single hostage themselves, directly at least, through the military action. Now, there was a brief ceasefire in late November that did lead to the release of Israeli hostages in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Uh, But, you know, that's their argument. Look, ceasefires work, not the war. Of course, Netanyahu counters, well, it's the war that gives us the leverage in order for the ceasefire to work. So what this really shows is that there's fraying at the core. You had strong unity on October 7th to fight this war, no matter who was leading the fight, because it was no time for squabbles. But this shows now more than 100 days into the war, that unity is really at risk. Give us an idea of where the war stands right now. Where is the majority of the fighting taking place? Well, it depends on how you define the war. I mean, now what's happening in Gaza is starting to look like a battle in an ever-expanding theater of war that stretches down to the Red Sea, where you have the Houthis in Yemen that are now uh, attacking uh, cargo vessels, they say, in support of the Palestinian cause, but they also happen to be proxies of Iran. And then you have Iran launching missiles a- against 
uh, what they claim to be terror groups in Pakistan and Pakistan now doing the same in Iran. I mean, this this war has has really grown uh, beyond the regional conflict uh, that it started out as. And that's why the Biden administration is so keen on pushing for a two state solution in Israel just to tie this all together, because they see that as being really the spark that led to this conflagration taking place throughout the Middle East. And the only way to douse those flames is by providing a two-state solution, almost as much as a release valve on all this broader tension than simply for the the localized peace that they've been striving for since at least 1948, when the, when the state of Israel was formed. Chris, our last 45 seconds or so, Prime Minister Netanyahu has flat out rejected any suggestion of a two-state solution after the war. You've taken the temperature of people there in Israel. Where does the general population stand on the idea of a two-state solution? Well, I mean, it. of course, this is a pluralistic society with a lot of different views of the driving democracy. That, But the, the fact is, he definitely tapped into something, Netanyahu, when he said that his, his primary objective right now is is security of the Israeli state. That is absolutely all pervasive here across all political backgrounds because everyone, everyone was traumatized by the barbarity of those attacks. They have not recovered from that. So it it, it is universal in Israel that most people are simply thinking about how to prevent something like that from ever happening again, and they can save talks about a Palestinian state for tomorrow. All right, Chris, thank you for talking with us. CBS News correspondent Chris Libsey in Tel Aviv.